Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. All right, welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast, Kevin and Chuck. Today, we're going to talk underground shelter. Um, I guess I've been worried about, like, in a real SHTF, end-of-the-world scenario, um, I feel like you're always on guard. You're never going to really be able to rest easy, like, oh, we're secure now, you know? Unless you have, like, the mountaintop camp, and you could see right. You got to have like a castle or a ten miles you know, out. Right. right, you're in the middle of the desert. And then where are you going to get your water when and, you're on the mountain? You know, whatever. It just it, it seems like you're always on guard. So I don't know. You're always going to be like, well, I wish I could have a little peace. And and I feel like, man, you know, you light a fire and you have smoke, and you know, you smell campfire miles and miles away. You know. Mm-hmm. Or, a mile away. Yeah, I can smell my neighbor when I'm in my backyard and he's burning plastic across the street. When I'm burning crap in my backyard, that's different. my wife will come home and she'll be like, I can smell you two miles up the road. <laughs> you know, she names some landmark mm-hmm. and is like, I was over at the Legion and I can smell your fire. Uh-huh. And I was like, I bet that's him. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that was me. And I mean, that's the thing. It really, I mean, obviously there are different ways to make a fire to have less smoke and be a little bit less of a problem. Right. But Bernard, this isn't a show about that, but that that's for another day. But so anyway, when you're hiding out, like even so say, you know, everybody bugs out of town and you go like two miles into the woods and yet you build your log cabin and you're mm-hmm. camping out. I feel like people get hungry enough. They might stumble on you. Mm-hmm. You know, and how far can you really go into the middle of nowhere? You know, you got to get there. You got to get your supplies there. So I was thinking underground shelter. 
Mm-hmm. And I was reading um, a book or listening to an audio book. Uh, it was called like the EMP Lodge series. Okay. And it was like a trilogy or something, whatever. And one of the people, it ended up being like an A-frame or something and and like half like buried in the bushes and stuff. But it just got me thinking about, gee, you know, the real way to hide from everybody is an underground house. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you had a shelter that's pretty much a cave and you can cover the entrance, you're there forever with no problems. All you got to worry about is your campfire smoke. Right. And you don't need to have a fire all the time, maybe in the winter. But also, if you're in the middle of the woods in the winter, not a lot of people tracking around. Right. Because um, that's tough. But, and, you know... I think if you set up your shelter properly, people could walk right over it and never be the wiser. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you know, I keep seeing the, hearing a guy over there hunting. I hear his gun go off. You know, maybe you switch to, you know, archery and have a bow, maybe a crossbow, something like that. But I feel like you could really disappear and an underground shelter could really be the key to a lot of that. So I found this book. um, the $50 and up underground house book. And the guy, uh, the author's name is uh, Mike Oler. And a lot of good ideas in there. And me and Kevin, we did some research. So we got a lot of good ideas. And we're going to tell you about it, a bunch of different ways you can do some, you know, cool setups. Mm-hmm. But it's just something you should have in the back of your mind as a kind of last resort arsenal. But even though I say last resort, I was also thinking, you know, I got like, I don't know, I have like 12 acres around me that, you know, are private. And even with two acres, if I had an underground shelter in the backyard, Mm -hmm. I feel like nobody would even notice it. Like if they came to rob me, they're not going to be like, oh, and, Mm -hmm. you know, it, it just would go overlooked. And I think even like in the apocalypse kind of thing, when you have your roving gang, mm-hmm. you could be right in town. Now, again, if you're on like a 10th acre lot, right. maybe a little trickier for them to not notice it. Mm-hmm. But if you got, you know, some trees and some woods around on your property, I think you could really set up something that could even be a fallback location and, you know, maybe an asset. Now, we're going to talk about things that you can build with today's modern world and tools and cement and different things and also things that you can build on the fly you know when you hike into the woods with a chainsaw or maybe even just an axe Mm -hmm. and maybe you can do it just with your bare hands but so kevin you're going to tell us about some of the uh yeah well let's talk about some of the some of the benefits of of an underground home aside of just being hidden i like it which is a big big deal all right. But an underground home is also resistant to, to wind, fire, yes. earthquakes. You're kind of protected from all those and things. And it keeps a constant moderate temperature. That's right. Very energy efficient. Um, so you're going to be a lot colder than outside in the, or a lot warmer than outside in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be a lot colder than outside in the summertime. Right, right. Most underground homes are going to be around, you know, 60, 65 degrees. So, I mean,. You're really only heating your house up, you know, maybe 10 degrees tops. It could be short, you know. Mm-hmm. You heat it up for a little bit and then right. bring right. her up to 80 and then... Now, uh, one thing that... Well, we'll get into that in a minute. Let's first, let's start talking about uh, 
the first one on the list here is constructed caves. Well, did you have other benefits? Was that it? No. Was no. geothermal? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, constructed caves. That's basically. So if we live in the Ozarks. Well, you basically, it's basically like digging a mine. You're tunneling into the ground. Um, now, it's pretty expensive to do if you're going to have, you know, a professional come and build it for you. And if you're doing it yourself, it's kind of dangerous. On G.I. Joe, they had those cool drill trucks things. Yes. They just kind of bore Ninja right in. Ninja Turtles, they would do that. They did that. Go yep. up through the... So they just show up from underground. So if you got something like that, this isn't even this is the go to for right, you. No problem. Call uh Elon Musk. Apparently he's got one of those machines just yeah. just tunneling right through the earth. All right. Um so you know, if you can find a cave or find a mine yes. that you could buy, you can basically make that into uh, you know, a house pretty easily and i know you you've seen on a lot of these prepper shows they buy the abandoned nuclear missile silo Uh that's cool and you probably could fortify it but i gotta say i think most people would know it's there yeah you know even if like you cover it up completely then you know there's going to be people in town who are like oh the old missile silo out yep you know i don't know it just seems a little like, yeah, you could be in there, and I'm sure you could secure it 100%, mm-hmm. but I don't know if you're ever coming out. Right, right. You might just be in there. And, but that, whatever. Yeah. That, that's not really what we're talking about, but yeah, like Kevin said, if you can find the you know, underground little setup, you know, the secret tunnels and secret rooms out of people's houses, not a bad option. Yeah, yeah. And actually, I was just driving around um, uh, with my wife... Uh, Last week, actually, and uh, we happened to drive past a couple of places and we were talking about it. You know, there's a lot of old caves around here, and uh, we were driving past Iron Mountain. You know, that's a super secure place where you can lock up your data and store... store. I believe they mentioned it in that Mr. Robot movie. Oh, yeah? They, they had out there. Yep. Okay. Um, next one is Cut and Cover. That's TV show. Whatever. Yeah, TV show. Uh, Cut and Cover. Now, basically, what you're going to do there is you're buying you're buying like precast concrete, like culverts. Um, you know, you want to you want to get, you know, not like the drainage culverts that you that you find. You're going to need you know big big stuff that you're going to be able to live in. You don't want to be crawling around from room to room. Um, but you're you're basically going to dig out a hole. You can buy that pipe and have it delivered, right. you know, to your house and where it's like eight foot diameter or mm-hmm. ten foot, I don't know. Right. And then, you know, you're basically just going to uh, dig the hole out and then construct it piece by piece with the concrete culverts, you know, and then you can bury it and it's good forever. You know, the only thing you have to worry about with those is uh, condensation. You know, mm-hmm. you really want to have a... Um, a good sump pump set up to to get the get the water out. Now, all these that we're talking about is that why they use those for drainage ditches? They, you yep. See what they did? Yep. Now the what you you really want to be careful too with these these types of buildings that you have good air ventilation too. You know, not just getting the water out, but you want to get clean air in. Okay. Um. Now, in elevation, there's you see a lot of these houses. Uh, elevation is ba- it's basically like a house that's built into the side of a hill where yes. you have like one wall exposed you know maybe maybe the roof but you're going to get pretty good cover 
You know, you have that one wall generally facing nor- uh, facing south. I guess if you're in Australia, you'd be facing north. Everything's upside mm-hmm. down over there. <laughs> so, so that you're getting the maximum amount of sun, you know, coming in. And, uh, you know, when you're underground, a little bit of daylight can go a long way, you know? Um, now, earthen berm. Oh. That's basically... You're you're digging a hole or or on a flat area. You're constructing the building, and then you're covering it over with earth. That's like the Hobbit houses, you know. Mm, yep. Um, now you were talking about a well a frame type of building. Yeah, Do that I mean that that was that. similar. Um, basically, Mike's go to is he calls it the uh, PSP method, um, post shoring polyethylene. Right. And polyethylene is that plastic sheeting that you go buy it at Home Depot or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you're probably buying it maybe for greenhouses or things like that. So basically what he does is he'll dig. I mean, you know, he shows a bunch of different examples in his books. But I'm basing off like pretty much the focus on the book is uh, is this method. And what he does is he'll dig a hole. And then have kind of like a uh, an open like alley that you head yeah, out of the comes out yeah cut out into the, house, the ground yeah cut into the ground kind of brings you back up to the main level. Now then he basically it's like a uh, lean tour. He call he gives the example. He says like a shed roof. Right. Um. If you think of just like a thirty degree angle kind of roof. Mm-hmm. Um. And. So he'll do posts in the front and then basically like a lean to with the shed roof that goes back to imagine like three foot high in the back of it. And then, you know, seven foot, eight foot in the front, Mm -hmm. you know, and you just kind of have that angle and do it. So the PSP method, basically what he does is he digs a hole in the ground, Mm -hmm. drops a post in there, then... Does it on, you know, both sides, the front and the back of the house. Mm -hmm. The back of the house, he's going to drop down. You dug it out. You have the hole. You drop in the posts for this example, we'll say a foot away from the dirt Mm -hmm. in the back. Then he's going to run down the sheeting along the dirt. Mm -hmm. And then he's going to put the boards on the back side of the post and build it up. Right. And the boards, like he says, you know, paneling, um, can be kind of anything. It really, you know, it depends. Uh, he talks about his was done with like two by fill in the blanks. It's just right. however many you stack it. Two by four, two by six, two by twelves, mm-hmm. whatever, and drops them in. Now, you could also use just like plywood because mm-hmm. um, you're just looking for something to hold the dirt back. Right. But just the same, it's not like there's a mountain up against you that's mm-hmm. pressing against it. You dug the hole. It's already there. Right. You're not holding up, but you just don't want it to keep, you know, coming right. forward. As it slides. Yeah. And you don't you want to have the uh the polyethylene up on the outside. To keep the yeah, to keep the water from seeping in. And that's really its only purpose is to keep the water. Now, we'll talk a little bit in a minute about uh how big these posts and beams and everything should be. But uh the bottom line, it's like a lean to. Now, the idea is the way he sets it up, 
he puts like a, a uh, wood stove, coal stove, whatever in the back. Mm-hmm. So you imagine like the three foot section. Right. And then runs a pipe along the roof and then puts it right out the chimney out the front. Mm-hmm. And like you said, heating up a space like this takes almost no effort. Right. Now, he talks about, oh, the $50 house, because what he does is he's like, oh, I just bought, uh, you know, a 55-gallon drum. And I bought, you know, if you go to, um, I, well, he found some crappy stove that I don't know if he got for free or what. I don't know uh-huh. how he works that in there. He talks about his only expenses are, like, the plastic tarp. And like chainsaw oil mm-hmm. and, you know, just nonsense. Like he didn't buy anything. Right. Um, to me, you need a chainsaw. Um, you can use an axe. It's all time. You know, right. it's what are you willing to trade? Money right. or time. And especially especially if you're doing this uh, ahead of time. Yeah. You know, if you're building this ahead of time, it makes things much easy. easier. He talks about, oh. Well, you could get, he hand digs the first one, the one mm-hmm. that he's talking about, the $50 one. But he's like, you know, really, you could buy a used Bobcat and then just sell it when you're done with the job. And right. then it's free. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, you know. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. You know, that's, yeah, I could stay in a house for a year for free if I just buy it and then sell it at the end of the year. Right. You know, I mean. I, it doesn't I, always work that, out like that. It's not though. quite the same thing, yeah. but, you know. So, I mean, that's kind of, but what you don't realize too, if you have time to plan this out, construction sites really do have tons of scrap wood they're throwing out. Mm-hmm. And if you're not picky on sizes and whatever, and you're willing to piece it together, which in a situation like this, you should be able to do, mm-hmm. there is lots of free wood that you can get out there. And you know what? You can't tell me you haven't seen free pallets out there. Right. You could use pallets for your support yeah, wall oak. in the back. Mm-hmm. And they're solid. However, if you've ever tried to pull apart pallets to put the woods together, again, you're trading time for Yeah, money. a lot of time. Yeah, I was actually doing that this uh, week after brutal. work every day. You got to pry the boards up a little bit, enough to get the, the sawzall blade through no, there because yeah, it's a lot it. easier to cut them than it is to... Doing a sawzall is really the way to go on those. So that's something, you know, to consider. But anyway, so wood for the back. Now, for flooring, he had a couple of ideas that were kind of neat. And this would work with any, you know, the type of houses. So we ended up putting straw down Mm -hmm. on the floor. And he said that that was good. Now, if you're like me and the allergies kick your ass, Mm Mm-hmm. That's not, not the, the way idea. to go. You know, yeah. I'd be sneezing, runny nose, and mm-hmm. and it'd piss me off. Um, what I was thinking about is like modern day now, you have money, you have time, you're planning it out. What if you went to uh, Home Depot and you bought a bunch of those like uh, pieced together rubber squares, mm-hmm. you know, that you put under yeah, like your workout room or whatever yep. like that? That's going to keep the uh, the dust and everything from coming up and give you kind of a comfortable floor. Another thing he talks about, uh, like in Mexico, where they have the wood floors or uh, dirt floors in a lot of the the poorer areas, they actually uh, take water and wipe it down and just keep it damp. Uh And so that way, you know, it isn't kicking up dust. Mm -hmm. Now, he said that in the Southwest, they used to put linseed oil on it. On the dirt? On the dirt. Now, work with me. He said they would spread the linseed oil out all over it, Mm -hmm. then let it cure for 24 hours, Mm -hmm. do it a second time, 
And then he said it ended up being like a cracked concrete look. Really? And he said it hardens up really nice and it's easy and it's cheap. Uh huh. So that might be an option. I mean, I imagine about 30 bucks you could buy enough linseed oil to do that. Mm -hmm. That's not really a big deal. Um, some people, you know, you could do uh, the vinyl flooring that you buy at, at Lowe's or whatever right. and just roll that crap down. Mm -hmm. That's not going to look so nice, but, you know, again, you, it's better than dirt, you know. Right. Um, anything you can put on the bottom to, you know, help insulate or like that is going to really make a difference. Um, what else? Oh, drainage. So sometimes water. You get worried about that kind of thing. Now, he talked about if you have that kind of 30-degree pitch in your roof, pretty much the water is going to just, like, run downhill, path of least resistance kind of thing. Right. And right. it shouldn't be a problem. And ideally, you're going to put this house on a hill right. where the roof is going to match the pitch of the hill. Exactly. Um, the way he did it, it's funny because... It follows the pitch. Like if you stared at the mountainside, you wouldn't see anything. You know, it goes even with the mountain except for the little cutout at the front mm -hmm. where he has like a little trail that's basically like a channel cut in the ground that, you know, loops around. Right. Um, he does talk about uh, that what you could do, he says, he calls it a French drain. Mm -hmm. Now, I've been to France, and I didn't see any of these. <laughs> and I knew about this drain before I went to France, uh, so I'm not really sure what's going on there. But basically, he says, you dig a foot down, you fill it with gravel, and you call that a drain. Right. I, I mean, maybe because it's half-assed? Is that why you call it yeah. the French no, it's, drain? It's, yeah, no, that's that's just an old construction method. You have it, the, the gravel basically has the spaces in between it. Right. The water sits in there. They, they he talks off. about doing you know one he says he just had one at the front of mm -hmm. his uh right by the entryway and uh -huh. that was enough now his he like has the face of his lean to and then there's like a three foot uh standing area patio basically mm -hmm. and that helped with the sunlight coming in right but um he uh put the drain out there mm -hmm. and he said he never had a problem. He said, if you had a problem that uh, it, you know, began to flood and whatever, he said they had a really bad rain one time and he ended up digging a hole that the water would collect in and he just bailed it out once a day. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's the option. You right. know, if you're getting a wet spot, you dig a hole. How many times have you seen people do that in their basements here? You know, right. You put a sump pump in the hole in, in and your it, basement. And yeah, you call it, it good. fills up, it pump turns on, goes out. And whatever. And turns so, off. I mean, that's an option. You could throw one in the back of it. But that's pretty much the gist of it. Um, now, he talks about some pretty substantial beams. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I would do that. Um, yeah, that's why your underground house would collapse on you. That's what he would say. Yeah. You see, you're sounding like this mic guy. Yeah. Dirt, dirt gets heavy quick. Dirt though. gets heavy quick. So... He, About he consulted an engineer. A yard a ton is what, what dirt yeah. weighs. Okay. So he consulted an engineer. And basically for posts, he said the posts didn't have to be actually as thick as some of the other stuff. But the posts, if they were every four foot spacing, uh -huh. you would need seven inches in diameter. 
Okay. Uh, if you went to eight foot spacing, you would need nine inches mm-hmm. in diameter. Um, the beams. Now, let me get this straight here. The beams are the long way. Right. Posts so, are up and down. Beams are side to side. Right. And well, yeah, I got another one for you. It's beams, girders, mm-hmm. and posts. So right. that's the whole thing. So the posts are up and down. The beams are the long. So from right. the three foot section up to the front, the beams, if you're going four foot, he says six inch diameter is enough. Mm-hmm. Um, Five foot, seven inch, just, you know, pretty much eight foot. He does nine and a half. You get the idea, though. Uh, girders, he has running the opposite way. They're right. running the, the side way. The beams sit on the girders. Yes, that is correct. So the beams sit on the girders. Girders for four foot, he does 11 inch. Mm-hmm. So you're getting the kind of idea. And then he does the same thing of the two buys for the planks. That he uh-huh. lays across. Right. And then stacks the dirt. Now, with those size um, logs, and he talks about the different types of wood, but it didn't really vary much. Yeah. Um, he was like, oh, you know, if they're pine, you need to consider that, you know, as like, I, I don't know, like four-fifths of an inch, mm-hmm. you know, on those, on that equation. If you're going to do it seriously and, and building a big, elaborate thing buy his book for 20 bucks and right now if you're then warren's, he has all his stuff warren's friend jerry jerry would be into this you're gonna want to go go get the book unless you already got plans he's already got plans yeah I, w- I would get the book uh-huh. um all right so jerry he's our uh new listener is he and listening he's, yeah new listener. he's warren's friend i, right. I got that mm-hmm. all right just checking so that would be the gist on that. Then what I would say, oh, he says that's good for two feet of earth on top. Okay. So that's pretty substantial. Yeah, that's a good um, bit. Obviously, you're going to be laying plastic on there mm-hmm. and then the earth. Right. That way your roof isn't going to leak. But two feet, it's probably not going to leak anyway because mm-hmm. it's not coming through all that. But that said, I would shoot for if I'm doing this by hand and out in the middle of the woods. And I'm trying to get a shelter up. Mm-hmm. I'm probably doing a lot thinner on my logs, and I'm probably doing like eight inches up there, right, of dirt, because mm-hmm. whatever, right. I mean, really, somebody can walk over, and you're not going to have a problem with eight inches. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm? I don't know. Yeah. To me, you can get away with about four if you got plywood or two by fours up there. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you just need enough to hide it. I don't know that it now. Obviously, with two feet, you're getting some serious insulation value, right? Right. Your heat some real in. real benefits there, right? But again, I'm talking about if I'm trying to build some crap in the woods mm-hmm. and I'm trying to feed my family and survive and whatever planned out. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm going substantial. I think this is this is really a project for uh, to get ready beforehand. He used the word house, mm-hmm. not shelter, right? So, you know, whatever. Take it as it is. But that's pretty much the gist of it. The other thing was he wanted to point out that uh, bears. Bears, huh? Turns out bears like to go in underground houses. Ah, All right. And there's a... He doesn't say that this is wrong, but there's a little moral story in the beginning about if a bear comes in your house and you shoot it in the face, he goes 
to the proper uh, government authorities. By the end of the story, I would recommend against that. Oh, it was an issue, huh? Turns out that was a mistake. Mm -hmm. He was like, look, it was self-defense. It was trying to kill me and my wife. And I'm willing to, you know, have it butchered and donate the the meat to a shelter. Mm -hmm. And they're like, no, we're finding you. Oh, no. No. So just something to keep in mind. Okay. All right. Now, the last last little house uh, idea that I, I was looking at was uh, an atrium-style underground house. Now, this was pretty interesting. I saw a couple of them that I thought were pretty neat. But basically what you would do is, you know, go down 20 feet, and you're going to leave an opening in the center. You're going to build the rooms all around the outside, and then you're going to have basically like an atrium or a patio or even a garden in the middle there. And... uh you can basically, from there, dig a well that has a uh, wind power uh, pump, you know, to keep everything pumped and, and fill up a tank, and uh, run some basic solar panels to power it, and you're basically on your own. I saw some really neat uh, plans for that. So check out uh, Atrium Underground, Underground Atrium Homes, and uh, I like that. check that out. It's pretty pretty neat designs. Um there's actually somebody in Japan that was planning one, but uh, uh, was making basically making like a shopping center like that, and uh, it hasn't been built yet. And uh, it's like one of those things that you know they talked about but never really did. So who fucking knows? Okay. All right. So Kevin, actually, speaking of underground houses, one of our listeners, Sophie, reached out to me this week. Yeah, and she had mentioned. That they were a little concerned over there in New Zealand that there's some kind of gun confiscation happening. Yeah. And I was thinking maybe Sophie and Alex would want to maybe build an underground house. Mm -hmm. And maybe it would be actually an underground armory. Mm Mm-hmm. And maybe that's where the stockpile moves. Maybe all your neighbors want to turn it. You know what? You could go volunteer to turn in all their guns for them. Mm-hmm. And that could be something you could yeah. do this weekend. You know, a good way to store guns long term. Yes. 55-gallon drum. Guns all go in. Fill it with oil. Seal it up. That sounds like a mess. That's what that sounds. It like. sounds like a mess getting them back out. <laughs> yeah, that's what that sounds like. Uh huh. That, that sounds horrible, Kevin. Yep, they'll last forever. I though. have one. I I ordered some. I I ordered. I I've never ordered a gun before. I mean, um, but I heard of somebody ordering an upper. Uh-huh. And they ordered from so many companies that they didn't even know which one was which. Okay. However. When he finally got around to pulling out the box and pulling out the upper, the box, the bag that the upper was in was just like dripping oil out the end of it. And I'm like, Ooh. oh, <laughs> that's kind of gross. And I got to say, it was like a week of cleaning this thing for my friend. Right. You know, before yeah. he was able to use it and, mm-hmm. and really get it set up properly. Now... Um, for doing some shout outs, I'd like to shout out. Did you want to mention that maybe Alex is driving a truck somewhere and 
Yeah, I think he knows who we're talking about. He knows you're yeah. in New Zealand somewhere. Yeah, I I wondered. There's exactly. only like one Alex in New Zealand. Well, right? there's there's about five million people in New Zealand, so I'm thinking maybe three. Three. Yeah. All right. So you know who you are, and uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Yeah, and I'd like to uh, do a shout out for um for George Clooney. Yeah. Uh, we've got his uh. Casamigos, uh, Casa not gonna drink it anymore. Yeah, it tastes like straight shit. Worst mezcal I've ever had in my life. Now that was George given Clooney, to you us. You should be ashamed of yourself by a distributor who's a fan of the show. Yeah, I would never have bought. And anything he's like, from you George know, Clooney. I have something great. You guys might want to enjoy. Yeah, and no, no, no. no. The words hammered dog shit. <laughs> Although the bottle is very festive. Yeah. Kind of looks like a chalkboard, kind of pastel-y. Kinda. Right, like a chalkboard that was written on and you cleaned it not so very well. <laughs> yeah, that's what it looks like. Yeah, that's what it looks like. And it doesn't taste that good, though. You'd mm-hmm. rather lick the chalkboard. Yeah, it's definitely, yeah, definitely would be better off of eating <laughs> chalk. But, all right, whatever. At least he's trying, you know? He's we trying. all have dreams. <laughs> right. I always like George Clooney for that. Like, there are so many people that I completely disagree with politically, but at least he goes out and does stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, he was the first celebrity voice on uh, on South Park where he played a gay dog, and the only voice that he did was the, the dog bark. So, there you go. Fun fact. <laughs> Fun fact. <laughs> Now you know. Things are falling apart quickly. You said you had other shout outs? <laughs> no, that was it. Just, oh, that just was, George, George Clooney. George Clooney was your shout George out? George Clooney and his shit mezcal. Oh, no. So that that's a little disturbing. Um, Yeah. So I think uh, maybe you need to go get a shovel this weekend. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, really start burying guns is what it sounds like. Yeah, if you're in New Zealand. I think if you're anywhere, I think they're all hot and heavy. Right, um, right. If your control. gun is not registered, hide it now. Hide it now. Mm-hmm. So, and also, you somebody's got to save me and go on iTunes and leave a review. Okay. Because somehow there's all the reviews, and the most recent one is, I assume it's me because I'm always the um- um, I'm I'm willing to blame you, but I feel like it's probably me. Yeah, it's probably you, but I'll, I'll take the blame. You'll take the blame? All right. I'm all right with so that. So they're like, oh, somebody, you know, these guys just, they need to take a basic speech class or something. <laughs> I think they failed kindergarten or something like that. So somehow if you type in most recent, this comes up, and most relevant, this comes also up. Also comes up because everybody else says, yeah, he does do he that does all the time. He does do that. That's the most helpful. So, you know, remember the most helpful one before that, or the most relevant one before that, was uh, one where he called us cucks. Yeah, a couple of cucks. Yeah. So yeah. that's good stuff. I haven't figured that I out. I mean, honestly, the reviews are amazing. You know, even the bad ones are... are well, I like when they're five stars. Importantly, or impressively insulting. You can talk so. bad about us. But in a five-star kind of way. Right. There you go. So with that, stay safe, and we'll talk to you guys next week. The Survival and Basic Badass Podcast is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Mm-hmm.